Welcome to Travelers on Fire, an adventure travel podcast that will provide you inspiring travel stories from experts around the world and helps you getting ready for your next adventure. I'm your host, Hannah Full, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is an episode about couch surfing. I will explain what it is, why you should use it, and I will reveal also three of my most special couch surfing experiences. So yeah, I remember when I was a child, maybe 12 years old or something, I read an article in my local newspaper about couch surfing. In this article, it said that couch surfing is a website where you can just ask strangers if you can sleep at their place for free. So you register and you make yourself a profile where you introduce yourself a bit. You answer some questions about who you are, where you've been or where you would like to go, for example. And then you tell where you're living right now and if you would like to host people or not. So if you go traveling, you can type into a search bar the city or the place that you want to go to and all the people that are accepting guests are coming up. Then you check their profile and if you like it, you can send a request and ask them if you can sleep at their place. And all that for free. Yeah, with my 12 years, this seemed so unreal to me, like... Asking total strangers to sleep at their place, really, I mean, who would want total strangers in their house? And why should anyone let strangers sleep at their place for free? And wouldn't people be afraid that these strangers are stealing something out of their house? Yeah, so, so many questions came into my head because the concept of couch surfing really didn't make any sense to my 12-year-old brain. But yeah, because it was so strange, I was also super excited about this idea. And I urgently wanted to try if this couch surfing really works. So with my 12 years, I already dreamt about traveling the world by couch surfing one day. And now, 14 years later, I slept in endless many houses, beds, garages, balconies or gardens of strangers. And not only from couch surfing hosts, but also from strangers that I met randomly on the road and that invited me to stay with them. And I also had many travelers staying in my own flats as well. Yeah, by staying with so many different people from diverse cultures and backgrounds, I became much more open-minded and easygoing with people I don't know. Yeah, I gained so much trust towards strangers and I can easily give couch servers the keys for my house and let them stay there, even without me being there, because this happened to me so many times as well. So, in a way, I can actually say that couch surfing really changed my life. And for the good, I really wouldn't want to miss out on all these great memories that I made all over the world. That's also why I like to tell three of my most special couch surfing stories, because I hope it motivates people to register at couch surfing and host travelers or to even sleep themselves in the house of people that they don't know. I hope by telling these stories, I can take the fear or skepticism towards these websites because I, of course, also had it a bit before doing it myself. I also hope I can show what an amazing adventure it can be to become part of the couchsurfing community. 
So let's start with these stories. I have to talk, of course, about my first couchsurfing experience because that was the one where I had no clue how it would be and I was actually very afraid. I was traveling through Costa Rica with a friend of mine and we had our first couch surfer host at Chaco Beach. That was a coastal town at the Atlantic side. And you have to imagine, both of us have been 18 years old by the time and we had zero travel experiences because this was the first big trip for both of us. And yeah, we arrived at Chaco Beach very late and in the dark with our big backpacks. I remember it so well that we've been quite scared because both of us never have done couch surfing. It was dark. We were two 18 years old blonde girls fresh out of high school and it was still Central America. So of course we never really have traveled and only knew all these creepy stories from the news. So in that moment when we were standing there in the dark and in the dust of this tropical empty Central American village we actually had some dark thoughts. Yeah, we were waiting for our host to pick us up and we were making plans all the time what to do if he would try to do something to us. So we decided to have our pepper spray and knife in our hands to be ready to fight back. And then our host arrived, this 40-year-old Costa Rican tour guide, and he greeted us out of the car and told us to get in. I remember we were watching each other with this, okay, let's do this look, and stepped into the car. But we were still keeping our knives and pepper sprays in our hands while we were driving through the dark and dusty streets, not knowing where we would go. Yeah, And when we arrived, he gave us some food and we were sitting together at a table and we still had our weapons <laughs> close to us. But yeah, during we talked, we slowly but surely realized that this really wasn't necessary and that he was just a super, super nice guy. He straight away told us that we should feel at home and that we could take everything out of the fridge. And yeah, since he was a tour guide, he even offered us to do a tour with him for free. In the end, we went snorkeling with him in a boat all for ourselves. And he showed us the best spots. We've seen colorful fish and even a shark, but a harmless one. And yeah, we've been just so stoked about this stay. And it was too good to be true. We were really wondering why he's doing that, why he's so nice and why we can do all this for free. I mean, why? And would there maybe still come something creepy? But no, despite all our expectations and to top it all off, he even told us on the second day that we would have the house for ourselves for the last two nights and that he would just leave us the key in the house because he would leave on a tour. We really thought we're not hearing right. I mean, this guy is just leaving his house to us. I mean, he doesn't even know us. That can't be true. But yeah, in the end, it was really true. We stayed alone in his house for the last two nights. It was just so awesome. We really couldn't believe what we've experienced. And all this for free? Yeah, really, all this for free. Yeah, the first time, I just couldn't believe it. But now, after having stayed with so many people, I know that this trust among people that don't know each other in the world is not unusual. I experienced so much trust from other travelers, I became also like that. Yeah, like I told you, I can let unknown travelers stay in my flat and give them their own key without any worries. But of course, what is a must is to check the profile of the people you want to stay with to see if they have some good references. 
And if there's anything in the references that you do not feel 100% comfortable with, then you shouldn't request. And, of course, also reject their requests. Yeah, but you also have to read a bit in between the lines because when you give a reference, you can categorize it as positive, neutral or negative. And it is really unusual to give a negative reference, even when the stay wasn't too good. Because, yeah, I know it from myself. I mean, these people are offering their place to you for free. And then to give them a negative reference is sometimes also really hard. But, yeah, sometimes in the positive references, you see something written in between the lines that wasn't too great. And also, if people do not have references yet, ask for their Facebook profile or to even have a short Skype call or something with them if you're not 100% sure or comfortable. Because keep in mind, of course, that everyone starts with zero references. And by the way, there's another episode upcoming where I'm going to talk about tips and tricks, how to save on accommodation. And I will talk about how you should create your profile in Couchsurfing to have the most success and how you should request. Yeah, so that was my number one special experience from Couchsurfing. Now we're going to get to number two. I had another unforgettable experience when I was with my friend Karina backpacking for a month in India in our winter semester break in 2013. So this is already now five years ago. Yeah, even five and a half. The first 10 days or something, we stayed around Goa and always in hostels or guest houses. And it was nice, but I also felt a bit that I'm yeah, ready to dive into the real, real culture and to do some more untouristy things. So we decided we can't leave India without having seen one of these mega cities. So we took the 15-hour or even more train to Mumbai. And the train ride, by the way, was one of the most special experiences of my life. Yeah, it's just an adventure in itself to take a train in India because you're, yeah, stuck in the train with hundreds of other people and animals and whatever else. So we played games with these people. We ate with these people. We learned some Hindi that I already forgot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, in Mumbai, I had arranged a couch server host for us. And yeah, I first had written an open request that all hosts in Mumbai could see and received at least 50 messages from people that wanted to host us within some hours. So I checked the profiles and there was a guy who had many good references, also from girls that had stayed with him. Yeah, but unfortunately in the picture, you couldn't really see him. He was pretty far away. So I didn't know how he looked like. Yeah, Karina was all the time already a bit skeptical to do couchsurfing in India, what I can totally understand after all these cruel stories you hear from India. So yeah, when we were sitting in our rickshaw, making our way through this crazy city to his place, I was also pretty excited while I was telling Karina all the time that it would be fine and that I had checked his profile and so on and tried to calm it down. And then we arrived <laughs> and there was a guy standing there that looked <laughs> quite tough. He had a very serious face, a lot of hair grew on his chest. He was quite tall and he had a lot of muscles. And yeah, he also had a very serious look on his face and Karina had spotted him and with a scared look on her face, she was only telling me like, Hannah, are you serious? This is not him, right? And yeah, to be honest, yeah, he indeed had a 
quite scary appearance, but I was like, yeah, I guess it's him. It's going to be fine. So we stepped out of our rickshaw and he welcomed us with a big hug and a big smile. And this immediately made him not creepy at all anymore. So after having talked the first few words with each other, we very quickly realized that all our worries and prejudice were really unnecessary. So we went into his house and he offered us some food and we made a plan what we could do the next four days. And yeah, he showed us so many non-touristy places and we could have an amazing impression of the real Mumbai, which by the way is the craziest city I've ever seen. It was so, so crowded. Everywhere people, there is no place with no people. The traffic goes into all directions and therefore is also super slow. So you see people with donkeys or other animals participating in the traffic. You see people sleeping directly next to the super busy traffic or actually in the traffic. It's just such a chaos that I have never, ever even closely experienced in any other mega city, not even in Bangkok, Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh. Because in these cities, the traffic is at least following more or less one direction. But in Mumbai, it's not like that. Yeah, anyway, our Couchsurfer host was a Bollywood film producer, but he had many friends in the slums of Mumbai. So he went with us into the biggest slum of Asia, which is in Mumbai, and we were visiting friends of him. And there, uh, I've seen poverty that I have never experienced Yeah, in such a way before, not even in the townships of South Africa, I guess. I've seen these massive mountains of trash where many dogs and small children were playing in and looking for some things that they could still maybe sell on the road. And we went into houses where people were just sleeping in the corners on the ground because they didn't have beds or they would share one bed with many people and sleep in shifts. And in between these small run-down roads, we would every now and then find a shop where children were sitting behind machines and sewing backpacks that are sold in our budget shops at home. Yeah, these roads stank as hell. We sometimes even saw some rats crossing the streets or coming out of houses that were packed with people. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't tell you how many people are living in this slum. Because our host told us that the number of people living in it is only estimated because many births are not registered. Yeah, it was just so impressive to see this. This was the pure reality in the slums. Yeah, so it was not the road that leads through the slums that is made for tourist organizations where tourists get guided through. We were really visiting the friends of our host and we were talking to the people. We were eating with the people. Some of those people have barely seen any tourist or white person. Also, many people were running towards us, asking us to touch their babies because they thought that would bring them luck, which felt really, really weird. Yeah, but it was just incredible to have the opportunity to go through it with a local and it was really destroying to see how they had to live in these slums. But after all, these people were smiling and so friendly and even wanted to invite us for food while they had nothing. Yeah, so after I saw this, I really started appreciating what I have at home. And I was also questioning how the world's resources can be so unequally divided. Yeah, 
With this Couchsurfer host, we explored much more in Mumbai. We went to a Bollywood movie that was in Hindi, by the way, <laughs> but it was still a great experience. And we went out drinking one night, ending up dancing on the tables with some crazy Indian party animals. <laughs> we also visited an island with elephants and some impressive caves. And we met some more friends of our host and could get a good insight into the life of different Indian people. Yeah, all in all, just another unforgettable experience thanks to Couchsurfing, which was definitely one of my highlights of my India trip. Okay, now I'll talk about my third Couchsurfer story, which was also in India. So after having had our amazing Couchsurfer experience in Mumbai, we thought we should do more Couchsurfing in India. So after having seen Mumbai, we took the 20-hour train to Cochin, which is in the south of India. Yeah, I picked a host with more than 200 good references. In his profile, it said that he had a villa in the rainforest with a private beach. Yeah, and after having seen crowded Mumbai and seen so much poverty, we were ready to see a calmer side of India and sent a request. Yeah, he accepted us. And when we arrived there, he picked us up with his car. So we drove towards his house into the real India again, away from any tourism. There was really... No tourists within many, many kilometers, I guess. So we drove through the dusty roads into some rainforest and then finally we reached his house. And there his super nice mom welcomed us. Yeah, after having talked to her for a bit, we hang up our mosquito net in our room to protect us from the many spiders that were sitting everywhere. Yeah, at night we even sneaked out of the house to pee in the bush because we couldn't go on the toilet because there was such a massive spider sitting. Yeah, because now I can tell you one thing about myself. There is only one kind of animal that I'm really afraid of and that are spiders and Karina even more. Yeah, I really don't mind any other animal like bugs, cockroaches or rats, but spiders are just so scary how they move and just the imagination that it would crawl up on me and sit on me. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I know spiders are not doing anything, but yeah, it is how it is. Anyway, the next day we woke up and we could go to this private beach. Yeah, we went there with him and yeah, he left us there because he, he still had to do something. So we stayed there alone. And it was not really a private beach, but there was no one, which is indeed pretty unique to find in India. Yeah, and it was pretty protected by some dunes, so we couldn't see the village that was next to the beach when being in the water. Yeah, so when Karina and I were swimming, I suddenly spotted a massive crowd of children appearing on the top of the dunes. Yeah, and the crowd became bigger and bigger until at least 30 children were standing on the top of the dunes and staring at us. And suddenly, all of them started running towards us and stopping right in front of us. But they didn't say anything. <laughs> and we also didn't say anything. We were all just looking at each other. So it was super awkward. <laughs> and after a while, we stepped out of the water and they were still looking at us. Yeah, then we started talking to them in English, what they, of course, didn't understand. And they talked back in Hindi, what we didn't understand. But yeah, we all laughed with each other and at some point they were grabbing our hands and leading us into a certain direction. Yeah, we had no clue what was going on here, but we followed. We were running up the dunes and into the village. Yeah, and during that we found a bit of a way to communicate with each other with hand and feet. But of course we had no clue where the hell we were going. When we arrived in the village, 
everyone came out of their houses and watching the two blonde girls walking through the village with 30 children. Really, I tell you, everyone, old and young people, so many children, parents with their babies, grandparents, just everyone. And while passing these houses, the crowd of children that were following us became bigger and bigger because many joined us when we were passing their houses. And it was super awkward. We just didn't know where the hell we were, what the hell we were doing, and especially where the hell we were going. But these kids, they definitely knew because they were all leading us into the same direction. It seemed a bit as if all these people had never or definitely not often seen white people because they were all watching us or even following the crowd. But it was not really a threatening mood or something because the most people were smiling and waving to us and all the children wanted to grab our hands. So we definitely didn't feel in danger or something. But of course, we had no clue what was going on. But finally, we arrived at a house and some children disappeared in the house and they came back with an old woman that had a big smile on her face when she saw us. Then she gave the children money and they ran away. So, of course, we realized that they wanted to buy something for us, of course. But yeah, we really didn't want that because we saw it was a really poor area and yeah, we didn't want that they are spending their little money on us, you know. But yeah, they really insisted Yeah, until they came back, we were waiting in front of the house while the crowd became bigger and bigger. Now even old people joined the crowd and everyone wanted to talk to us or just watch us. I think you can't imagine how awkward this was, really. Naja, anyway, the children came back with a package of toast bread and the old woman that gave them the money asked us and the crowd to come into her house. Then she grabbed two chairs and put them in the middle of the room and wanted us to sit on it. Oh man, Karina and I were just watching each other like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so she gave us two plates and did put one slice of toast bread on them for both of us. Then we were sitting there in this pretty dark house with just a little bit of natural light coming in so we could just see the faces of the people. And all of them were standing in a circle around us watching us. The house and the room was packed. Not one single further person would have fit in, I tell you. Yeah, we really couldn't believe that they just had bought food for us with their very little money and wanted us to eat it in front of the whole village now. We felt so embarrassed to eat that in front of them, but they really, really wanted it. So what we understood from their hand and feet signs was that it was just such a blessing that we are here and that they really want to give us food. So we, the two blonde German girls, were surrounded by, not exaggerating, around 60 people watching us eating their food. <sighs> yeah, after having finished, we went outside again and there even more people waited with their babies. These babies had super big black circles around their eyes with eyeliner and their parents wanted us to touch them. Yeah, it seemed almost if it would be a blessing for their babies if we would touch them or something. And of course, for us, it felt so weird to be honored by them because, of course, we didn't do anything. But yeah, it also would be weird to not eat their food or to not touch their babies. 
So we touched every baby one by one while the parents were almost queuing up to wait until we had touched their babies. Yeah, so after we touched every baby, <laughs> we thanked everyone hundred times or more and we still went exploring the village a bit with the kids. But yeah, at some point we had to leave and it was really almost sad to leave these kids and they also really didn't want to let us go. But yeah, at some point we had to step into the rickshaw and the kids were still running after us until they couldn't keep up anymore. Bah! We just couldn't believe what just had happened and I also think my words by far cannot describe how it really was and how it felt. I will never, never forget this. And why did this happen? All thanks to our server host, of course. Yeah, because otherwise we would never have experienced this. Yeah, afterwards, we still went for two nights on a boat trip with him and two more car servers, which was pretty nice as well. So we were going through some narrow rivers in the rainforest with this boat and also slept on it. So, yeah, all in all, just another super special cultural experience thanks to car surfing. So that have been three of my most special car surfing experiences. I hope it could give you an insight into the amazing opportunities of couchsurfing and I hope it also motivates you a bit to go out there and to become a member of this unique couchsurfing community. And by the way, in another episode, Nadim will talk about one of our weirdest couchsurfing experiences. It will be about how we ended up in a house full of naked people. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a highway